Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sifpop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience, and this week contains material that, if you're a kid, you should probably get your parents' permission first. That's the warning That's the sound. content warning? That's content warning sound. We're going to be talking about deep stuff yeah, our conversations go uh, pretty deep and very adult. So no kids allowed. Go get permission from your parents or parents. Just tell your kids to skip this episode. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. She carries everything in a wheeled vehicle and he rules over his Independence Day celebration. That's right. It's the mother of wagons and the king of the fourth on Sifpop. Wait. How did I become the mother of wagons? Is it because it dry- rides with dragons? You're just thinking like... Everything I said was true. <laughs> I didn't make it up for a pun. What are you talking about? If I just bought a van, I can see yeah, why see? maybe... But I did it. Which you did. I did it. What we say it becomes truth. You know this by now. <laughs> Embrace the verbal reality, Danae. The mother of wagons. <laughs> Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. <laughs> I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com and usually joined by Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. But today, joining me as the co-host, it's the OG host emeritus. It's Danae Hughes. Thanks. Welcome, Danae. Thanks. Thanks uh, for having me. No, it's good to have you. I'm, um, I'm bummed that I have to be here because Andrew's out right now because yeah. I love listening to Andrew. Yeah. And I'm not going to do the show. It's normal Sif Pop Justice. Well, you're going to do your version of co-hosting Sif Pop, which you did for years. They let's, did. Let's just pretend decades. I mean, you forever. Know. This show started in the 40s. I did it for so long. <laughs> I pretty much so, you know, you created know, that show, pretty much. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Actually, you did. Sif Pop is your baby. It is. It's my brainchild. Yeah. Um, I mean, as if my brain, is, as if it comes from me, like, talking about movies. <laughs> like, that's, that's something I invented. <laughs> Sitting behind a microphone and talking about film. You're the first one to Nobody do it. Nobody ever did it before me. <laughs> um, we're going to have a good time. We're just going to chat Game of Thrones. Here's the situation. Uh, Danae finally decided... To binge watch all of Game of Thrones, and I think just yesterday caught up it to was, the current season. It took me ten days. You did it all in ten days, but it was over the course of a week and a half to two weeks. Okay, but like watching time, it was like you know condensed down in there. I had yeah. to take a break sometimes because my streaming services stopped working. Also, I have an infant child, so <laughs> some episodes took way longer to watch than I wanted. Well, yeah. But pretty much what I would do is at night, I would put her down and then I'd watch about three hours. So I wouldn't go to bed until like one or two o'clock in the morning, mm, yeah. which was stupid. <laughs> but that's what happens when you binge. Yeah. Like, that is the common, like, it is more common for somebody to sleep much less than they usually do at night when they're binging a show than it is for somebody to be responsible and put it down at the right time. I'm you know kind what I mean? of glad that I'm done in a way. I'm glad I'm caught up. But yeah, I caved in and I finally decided to watch it. I have specifically not wanted to watch game of thrones because i loved reading the books i love yeah. reading books i think that that's 
like when you're talking about which one you should do first, I'm always on you're the, the book, book side. Person, yeah. yeah. So it was really hard. I actually, when I stopped reading the books, it was because I knew that it was going to take forever for the next ones to come out. I didn't want to invest any more time in the story and then have to wait and wait and wait. So I'm like, no, I'm just going to put it down. And then when the, so you all took of control them come of your out, own. you took control of your own stopping point instead yes. of making, instead of getting to whatever the cliffhanger is at the end of the book you were on, you're like, I'm stopping now. I'm just going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that and I, and I put them aside and we thought, okay, when they all come out, I'll start from the very beginning again and then just binge read the entire right. thing and figure out, you know, what happens and where the story is going. Um, and then when the show was like really popular, I never wanted to watch. Well, we could talk a little bit about when it first came out because you started yeah. watching it. Well, yeah. that well, wasn't when it first came out. Let's let's get to that here in a bit. I do want to say we will still do some buried treasure at the end. No, we're uh, not. And we will this is also my show. we will also do a <laughs> Sift Quest uh, game Thro- Game of Thrones themed Sift Quest uh, that was actually asked of us today. So we will get to those uh, in a little bit. But uh, other than that, we're just going to be talking Game of Thrones. So let's do it. Let's do a discussion of Game of Thrones. Before we actually start talking sure. about where you and I started our Game of Thrones conversation yeah, yeah, when we yeah, worked yeah. at the studio years and years ago, I have to say, after listening to this music, that big revolution, big revelation, I guess, mm-hmm. big revelation was when I started watching it, I was like, man, the intro is interesting because it changes. Yeah. And you were like, what? <laughs> I just skipped the intro. Like, I always fast forwarded through the the intro credits and you were like, yeah, it goes, it shows which places you're going to in that episode. It blew my mind. I was like, this whole time there's been like interesting little, I wouldn't say Easter eggs because it's not like they're hidden, but. Uh, it gives you an idea of where yeah. on the map you're traveling. Yeah. So like when Daenerys is really shown, the first mm-hmm. city that she's shown in is actually when, I can't remember the people's names. I'm, I apologize. I'm not. No, no, no. That's fine. I, I will be bad at this too. But the too. very, very beginning when she's with her brother, as before she was sold to, to the Dothraki, uh, they're at the city. Mm-hmm. And it shows that city. But then the next episode, she's with the Dothraki. So it shows where they are on the plains that's with like, so the horses. I never noticed that. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then by season two, um, where the mu- the music always gets this like one particular part and every single time when it was at that spot it would be on the wall during season one mm-hmm. and then in season two that started to shift as it began to show different places around the continent and around the world where you're going to be traveling i loved that yeah no really cool stuff and i guess i will take time right here up front to say as well just so nobody is surprised spoilers will abound and i apologize if you haven't seen it and you don't want to be spoiled that was exactly where danae was up until 10 days ago um, but you'll just have to put this one in the hold because I don't know that there's really a way for us to have the discussions I want to have about this show without spoiling it. So we will be spoiling all the way up to the end of episode four, season seven, okay? Which is where we stand right now as we're recording this. Um, so just know that ahead of time. If you're a couple episodes behind, I'm sorry about that too. We will actually be talking about some stuff that's happened the last couple episodes. Just so, come back to this episode yeah, later. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So here's my first question to you. I want to kind of do this interview style because I have so many. I'm so curious about your experience with this. I had a limited version of what you're experiencing because I didn't start till episode th- uh, or should say season three. Uh, so I binge watched the first couple seasons and then jumped in. But I feel like that's totally different than binge watching six seasons, six and, and a half four, seasons, yeah, yeah <laughs> in ten days. Yeah. So just tell me a little bit about your experience. And and you can tie into being a book reader and, and sure. all those kind of things, yeah. 
my dreams are really weird right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because when I go to bed, it's usually after having seen an episode and then I have some wackadoo dreams and wake up. um, Well, first I want to say, because I started with the books Mm -hmm. and I think you started binge watching Game of Thrones, like you said, the first Mm -hmm. three seasons and we were talking about it and it was pretty much in line with the books. and That was really exciting for me because we got to talk about like, you'd be like, oh, and then this happened and this happened. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, And who is this Khaleesi? And and I'm like, oh, I can't wait for you to find that out. Her name's Daenerys. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm just getting to know these characters and how cool is that Ned Stark guy? Man, can't wait to watch him for seven seasons. (laughs) You know, that kind of stuff. And I'm like going, oh, (laughs) I'm going to be kind of sad. <laughs> um, I think for me, I'm mixed because where I sit right now, I'm excited about having seen what I've seen because mm-hmm. I I think it's a brilliant story, but I'm mixed because I know we're beyond the books now. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if we're where the author intended these characters to go. Right. And so I, I have, I have a mixed emotional experience with and and honestly when i found out you know through just people talking about podcasts they've listened to or articles that they've read you know at some point we're going to be going off the books because he hasn't finished them yet well and i should say i was past you because where you stopped in the books yeah i was past you pretty quickly as well i think like season four yeah there were at least with some characters and that was interesting because i'd start talking to you and all of a sudden i think there was one time and i said something you're like Oh, that hasn't happened. Yeah. I was like, oh, now I'm spoiling her. Yeah. So we had to stop talking completely. Yeah. This was years ago. Yeah. And Aaron has been waiting <laughs> for years to talk to me about Game of well, Thrones. The, the, the violence and such is too much for my wife, so she doesn't watch. So, you know, I don't get to talk about it, you know, with her, uh, you know, and not a lot of my friends that I'm close with every single day, you know, watch the show. So I don't, I, you know, I don't, it was the only conversation I really had with another human being in the same room about the show. And so all of a sudden it was like gone and I was just like, I, oh, I'm alone. Internet, here I come. <laughs> to the forums. <laughs> to Reddit. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, you know, I will say that like that was the interesting thing about the series. And it's been a while since I read the books. Yeah. Knowing that they read all the books up to and then they had conversations with the author and they kind of knew where people were going. So mm-hmm. you've got um, storylines developing at different speeds in the in the than you're seeing than what you'd be reading right of course um and that's okay i mean that's that makes sense but going in and being able like i'm not going to worry about this anymore i'm just going to watch it and enjoy it that was a lot of fun like not worrying for the first time about spoilers Mm. i seriously have had to avoid the internet in so many different ways for all these years just so that i wouldn't have things spoiled and 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 some of that was impossible you were spoiled on there's two there's two things that i kind of caught I, I caught and now on, that you're caught up you know i know them yeah go ahead and say them again we're spoiling everything here so hodor yeah it would have been almost impossible to miss that well here's the thing like so i go to like imager and you know to, to look at funny pictures and share mm-hmm. those and that's kind of a humor spot for me and uh usually people do a good job about downvoting images so you don't see specific spoilers but um something about hodor and Adore. And knowing mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, I'm like, okay, we know he dies. So then it's just, <laughs> how does he die? What's the door? You know, and, and I, you can't get that out of your head at all. Right. But then seeing that um, episode and how beautiful it was, I was like, okay, it wasn't spoiled for me. Fully. Was it ruined? It wasn't ruined, and I didn't even really realize it was happening because I wasn't mm-hmm. looking at the titles as I was watching. I was just watching. So I didn't even think, you know, once the door came up, I had no idea. Yeah, the, the one-two punch of that one was not just how beautiful his character is and the overall sense of, of the story and how beautiful his heart is, 
but it was also the mystical thing of the of really learning about Bran's powers during that scene. That's what blew me away about the hold the door scene was the idea that Bran had implanted this in him as a child. And Bran is the cause of him being the way he is by telling him to hold the door, hold the door in his whole life. His his name Hodor saying Hodor. Well, he was yeah. There was a there was a link I, between there was a link between the, the times, and I, I don't know that like Bran was like that open door to that part, but I think it was actually the girl that was saying hold the door over and over again. I don't think it was Bran because Bran was in a trance. Well, but Br- that's why but Bran he was, was in the, the open trance. door, he, right? Or he was the open window, kind of back into the past. But that's what that's what been interesting about his characters understanding he can actually impact the past and also he doesn't really know what he's doing either right and in this most recent episode just to kind of skip around a little bit in thoughts like you know seeing these characters develop too and this is what i was kind of referring referencing is is that how he wants brand to be because in the episode most recent he's kind of like this serious like I don't know, lacking personality mm-hmm. shell of a human who well, he's no longer a human. He's a three eyed raven. Probably doesn't know what is real and isn't really happening now. And if he's in the future, or the past, you know, he's kind of caught up in this sort of interesting like space. Well, he's just so far beyond humans. Because, yeah. Yeah. He, because of what he understands and sees. So I, I wonder if that's like where that character was going. That's that's the part. That's that the I'm, kind of stuff. That's where I'm at in, in my kind of experience with it is I wonder if this is actually where he's going to go. When I started watching, I was okay with going, okay, we're going to watch this version of these characters. And then someday I'll read the books and see where he wanted to take them and see where the difference is. Like, did he want that like Hodor to be what that was? That was one of the spoilers. And then the, um, the other spoiler was not really like a spoiler, but I saw a still image on the TV of, uh, Tyrion and Daenerys together, and I was like, "They meet? <laughs> what? When do they meet? Oh, I wonder what that's like." Well, now so, Jon Snow's hanging out with Daenerys. Yeah, so it's seeing them like, together is interesting. Everything's coming together. It's it's pretty incredible. And this is the part about the books versus you know the books being finished is like I don't I don't know if he finishes them at this point. Like I just I, if I were him, I would feel like my story was being finished, and I wouldn't know. How to approach that creatively. I was and, just thinking about that yesterday. If I had written these books and then they had been picked up and made into a series and I hadn't finished them yet, I think I would throw myself into being part of the creative team that's yeah, doing the series. Exactly. But I wonder if they gave him that kind of, you know, like if at some point they just had to say, we have to make decisions whether you're here or not. And mm-hmm. you're, you're going to have to give over some of the creative rights to us and decide. Like, I wonder how that stuff goes. And you have to sort of like release the character to an entirely different medium, I think that'd be really difficult to do. Um, but I really do hope he finishes it. I yeah. do. I do want to find out his kind of version of of what happens. Well, it's just because it could be completely different. Well, he could change everything. I know, but here's the thing: the it's always the the first one you see that gets stuck in your brain as the right one, and it is difficult. Maybe you'll do a better job than most, but it's difficult for most people to to see any kind of remake, even though technically he's the author, you know what I mean? As, as being as good as what they saw first, you know? Yeah. And that's for me is why I like to read because then I can see it in my imagination, Mm -hmm. but seeing it on the screen and seeing it done beautifully. I mean, I don't know where they're filming, but you know, we've been seeing, like we saw two castles in the season that we hadn't seen before. We saw Castelli Castelli rock and we saw, um, Dragonstone. Um, no, we've seen Dragonstone before. Yeah. But we saw, 
um, uh, High Garden. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For the first time, and you know those are those are really you know interesting. Ooh, and of course that's that's probably CG. I mean that's pretty obvious. That's CG stuff. But like these different places to go. Are the dragons CG? No, those are real. Just kidding. Those are absolutely real. It's a little joke. No, that's a big joke. (laughs) (laughs) Those things are cool. (laughs) Yeah. I and the other thing is like people, um, their excitement for each episode. You'd be like, "Oh, GOT last night," and then I'll watch it. And I think because I've been binge watching it, it wasn't as impactful. Because I didn't even realize that I was watching the most recent episode when I was watching the most. Like, oh, everybody's saying this I'm is the go, best go, episode go. yet. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I was one of those people saying that. I I was blown away by last week's episode. What What was it about the episode that was so mind blowing for you? For me, mm-hmm. um, for me, it was the start to finish. Every scene was powerful for me. Um, I loved the Arya uh, Brienne stuff. Oh, that was awesome! Right? It was so uh, fun to see her. Because- Battle. The, there's two levels to that scene. The Arya uh, uh, Brienne fight itself was so beautiful in such a a, a tale of two fighting styles mm-hmm. between two women, mm-hmm. which I all of that I loved. And then there's also the added dynamic of Sansa uh, being up and watching and like what's going on in her mind. I think it's jealousy. I think I think, so th- too. I think it, she is remembering how different she and her sister are Mm -hmm. and their objectives are. And, uh, and now her sister has become like this fighting God. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, so, and then there's the added element of Littlefinger and what he's thinking. Uh, also seeing, uh, Arya with, uh, the dagger, you know, now she has the dagger because it ended up in her hands. And of Mm -hmm. course what that means to him or what that might mean to him. I have some theories. Um, so, but uh, let's wait for theories and we kind of caught up really quickly. But I want to go back and talk about points in the story that that were as good as you thought they were going to be when you read them or ones that weren't as good. Can you think of like as you're watching it going, oh, I like that in the book better or, oh, I like how they did that in the show better. Well, you know, in your imagination, you create I have a very vivid imagination. You you create an entire atmosphere. And I like the throne room, uh, the Game of Thrones throne room mm-hmm. is perfect. Like it's almost exactly how I imagined uh, the Red Keep throne room, mm-hmm. you know, from the chair to the windows. It's just all of a sudden, it's like, man, that's it. That's exactly how I imagine that. Winterfell, uh, another one, which, so these locations, I think mm-hmm. it's so, they're so well done. And I love that the map at the beginning shows them too in kind of a digital form um, because it's so similar. You know, you're going to the Citadel and that's that's one that's better than I could have imagined the with the Citadel, light, the the light kind of coming down in yeah. and how it shines off of and is reflected around. I just think that's beautiful. And I love these locations. They're incredible. Um, so I loved, I love that. And, and I think the characters look like I want them to look too. I haven't been. Well, that's good. Cause confused. that doesn't always happen. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I actually think it w- was helpful because there's so many characters in the book, even more, you know, that, that you're learning about and you're also learning about their history. It, you know, Martin is kind of like Tolkien in a way where it's just there's so oh, very much, much so. yeah. there's like this there's so much depth to this world so you're reading it and you can read it at your own pace and kind of just like really absorb it and then here in the TV you've got um this like weaving of story like for example uh you know you've got Ned talking about his sister and they're talking about you know Robert's like backstory and these mm-hmm battles of old and all this stuff and you're just thinking oh cool that's just chatter Mm -hmm. but then as the story develops no it actually plays a part into what's happening today and there's a reason that he's writing about it and there's a reason that it's up in the tv series too because you're going back and seeing in in history 
and that plays into the future and just like oh that's rich that's that's good storytelling mm-hmm. because there's even more depth into the story and you've always you know got these different kinds of uh bad guys and all this stuff is changing around um i i feel like the the wedding feast where um the red wedding no oh okay. no different one <laughs> the uh the one where uh king joffrey dies okay yeah, yeah. i feel like that was different in my head, they weren't outside. They were like inside or something. Oh, okay. And so I didn't understand what was happening until it was happening. I'm like, oh, I just, you know, so that one was a weird one. Yeah. Um, But still wonderfully done. You know, it was exactly what it needed to be. I want Cersei to know it was me. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that was amazing. I liked that. I mean, I felt kind of weird about She's liking great. that. She's great. I'm going to miss her so I know. much. She... The she, whole family. She threw shade like nobody else. Like, she was the best. <laughs> I know. She was so good. Um, in fact, saying, saying goodbye to her whole family in the yeah. in the in the explosion of the sept was like, oh yeah, you see Marjorie it coming. You're like, and... oh man, well, bye guys. You, just, you can't get attached to people in Game of Thrones. You just can't. But here's an interesting thought, though. It almost is, and this is part I wonder if if Martin's dealing with this. The transition between oh anybody could die at any moment and everybody's coming together and plot lines are going towards happy endings. Like there might be happy oh, endings no, here. No. Yeah, that that change, but no, I'm saying the feel of it changed. Mm-mm. Don't about let it change, when, Aaron. Well, <laughs> guard your. Heart. I know you're. I know. I know you're <laughs> saying to guard, but I'm just saying the feel of it changed about the time it started to overtake the books. Like the the show no longer feels like good moral integrity choices are going to be, like for instance, John coming to Daenerys, right? Mm-hmm. In in the previous seasons, and they even mentioned in in the show, like Stark's going south they never died. ends well, right, right, right. But this time, he's making like integrity choices, and it's not costing him yet. So, like, I'm just I'm just saying the feels a but little that's bit one character. Well, I know, not, but Daenerys is doing the same but, kind of thing, and I think we've got you know a theme of trying to find a way to be a better generation, mm-hmm. right? You've got. Tyrion, you've got Daenerys, and you've got Jon Snow, for example, all trying to make better choices and figure right. out how to rule without, you know, com- doing it the bad way. Or how whatever. many, how many characters, and even just the last couple of episodes, have said, "I am not my father," or "I am not my mother," or you know, they're talking about how they're different from past generations. Yeah, and then there's this kind of like interesting back and forth between murdering a whole bunch of people to become in power right. and not murdering people. Right. And she chooses to murder a whole bunch of people, but this is not at the, at the castle where it's more obvious. So right. It's all well, mo- Daenerys chooses to murder soldiers. Yes. And not commoners. Whereas yes. Cersei, she doesn't care who dies. Nope. She blows up a sept. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Like there's this, you, so let's go, let's go to Sansa, for example. Yeah. Here's somebody who started off very innocent and has just been completely. I want to be princess and rainbows and, and butterflies. And, all yeah. this stuff. and then you just watch her story just get more and more tragic yeah. and horrible. And now she's kind of coming into power where she's in her home. She has been given authority. Seems like she's kind of gaining some traction. Her brother and sister return. Right. Brothers and mm-hmm. sister return like there's just this kind of like up feel to yeah, her kind of coming kids. into her own and also that she knows how to play the game and she and 
she's been hurt enough that I think she's willing to hurt other people to play the game. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious how her kind of character goes. But my concern is everybody's been brought back together just to be ripped apart again because there's no way we're not going to go and you know to the end of this without losing. Are some we going to lose one love. of the Starks? You think we're going to lose one of the Stark girls? I think the movie, the movie, the series is going to might end, as well call it a movie. I is mean, is going to end with just one dragon alive and everyone's dead. Just one dragon and the, <laughs> and the king, the the king, the the white uh, the white, white walker. walker. Yeah, he turns one Having of the dragons tea. into an ice dragon. Yeah, they're just gonna <laughs> they're just gonna end. It's gonna end like On that. A fist bump. Yeah, a dragon in the in the night king. Yeah, <laughs> the fist bump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, red keep. All right, you heard it here first. <laughs> um i think yeah psychologically you have to prepare yourself for that knowing this show but i just i can't imagine i can't imagine it doesn't end you know with some sort of triumph for one of the characters we at least kind of like don't you think whether it's snow or daenerys or Tyrion, even or you know just one of the characters that that we kind of or or sam you know can't sam be like the ruler is gonna have some kind of a fun thing (laughs) yeah maybe he will be I'm I'm curious to see, you know, where this season's going to land and then how they're going to wrap things up, what the final battle of for the north is going to look like. Yeah. Cuz I feel like right now we're we're trying to figure out it, how to get Cersei, you know, out of the picture. I yeah, probably I probably Cersei and Jamie are going to be going. Well, Jamie, I mean, cliffhanger from the end of last week's episode is him sinking to the bottom of that Never, water. Can I talk about I know we have to suspend our disbelief on so many levels. Yeah. Like I get that, but that scene bothered me for so many reasons. Right. There's some there's some issues with that scene. Because you've got what what was it his buddy that knocked him out of the We don't know fire? for sure, but I'm who, who, I'm guessing it was uh, I'm guessing it was Braun too. Braun. Yeah, yeah, I'm guessing. So And by the way, we kind of like Braun, which is interesting for him to be on that side of things when we've he's kind of been an audience favorite, right? Oh, yeah, he's super snarky. Yeah. I love him. But the water to knock him into the water like and then to immediately be in like the deepest water ever. Right, yeah. Like how did he get that deep? It just doesn't seem to make sense to me, but then it's just like, okay, you know, whatever. Are there gonna be mermaids that come save Jamie? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good <laughs> Is he gonna get out of his yeah, he's, armor. Yeah, and he'll get out of his armor. Come back up to the top and get something. eaten by a dragon Could right be. away. He'll either be captured by Daenerys or swim away. I'm hoping captured. And I don't know that we'll know it right away, but I think we will. Did you really want Jamie to get together with Brienne like I did? They had a great relationship. There was this interesting kind of love between them. I think that may come into play still. See, that's the reason there's no way Jamie's dead. There's way too many. There's way too much story that he is great for. Jamie? For, for Jamie, I with feel- Cersei, he has to finish his story with with his sister. There's what, no what's way the he finished the story with his sister. One of them is going to kill the other one. No, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Dude, Cersei is Arya's. Huh? Arya's well, taken out Cersei. Yeah, if you say so. She hasn't got to take out everybody so what far. What if she takes out Cersei as Jamie? Ooh. <laughs> that's fun. I just remember that the hound is back in play too. So yeah, we, and we don't he, know. He apparently sees things in the fire now. Yeah, man. Like, you know The Fire Lord's real. Yeah. So having that's... demon babies with Melisandre. Melisandre that's that's yeah. interesting. Uh you asked about um like things that worked and didn't work. Yeah. So one of the things that I love how all this is just a jumble. Like, it's all like a 10 day period for you. Yeah. That blows my mind. One of the things that does not work for me, and I didn't read this far into the book, so I I think maybe I could go and, because I haven't even had time to go look at, explain this to me, you know, Mm -hmm. for internet searches or forums, posts or anything like this, but the um, House of White and Black with the mini face god. Yes. Okay. 
So how they portray her learning these skills that she has is based on you having a face to put on your face. Right. I think so. There, or at which, least some sort of magical connection to a face. I don't. Cause it, cause but you pull off the. It's. I mean, it's Mission Impossible style. It you looks like it. You pull off the face. You pull yeah. off the face. Yeah. And even like the many face god, there's a name and then it has to have another name and then you have to put a face up on this. So, yeah. So I'm confused about how this works. Mm-hmm. And I understand that, again, we're supposed to just kind of suspend our minds and this is a world where there's dragons and, you know, yeah. p- ponds that are 50 feet deep, just two feet in from the inside. But, <laughs> right. Um. There is a scene, and I don't know if you'll remember this because you haven't watched it recently. A, it's been a hot second. But there's a scene where she is uh, fighting the the girl. Remember the blonde girl that she kind of had that rivalry with in the oh, House yeah. of White and Black? Oh, yeah. Okay. There's a theory going around that the Arya is an Arya is actually that girl. It's potentially real. I, I mean, she was stabbed pretty good. Like, yeah. So yeah. That's, that's one of the theories. People, but some of the stuff Arya has said doesn't make sense with that. So anyways. Yeah, there's there's... There's a lot of wounds that are healed, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. and well. I mean, not talking about Jon Snow's coming back to life or anything like that. That was that was pretty obvious that was going to happen, right? At, yeah. at least it was to me yeah. at that point. Yeah, um, and but, he's not the first one. No, who's traveling with? Uh, what's that guy's name that's traveling with the Hound that's come back to life several times? The one-eyed guy. I don't remember. He's got one eye. He's got a patch on one eye, and then his buddy. Because he said something about I'm I'm less of me every yep. single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his name, but yeah, I don't either. but I know who you're talking about. Sorry, I interrupted. Continue. No, that's, a, that's okay. It's just the how that whole thing works. There's a scene where um, the many faced god, like the main guy, mm-hmm. the no, the no, no one. They have no names. This right. doesn't help. Yeah. Uh, the dude, the, the no one guy. <laughs> talking about Jeff Bridges now. He he kind of tur- he takes off like his face and mm-hmm. he's not that he's not the blonde girl he's back to like his normal self and he's like in her clothes like mm-hmm. he was in he was impersonating a small female right so it's also like body change yeah there's a magic that happens when when you do whatever you do it's a body your change voice too. body everything changes to be that person until you take the mask off again yeah so there's yeah. some kind of a magic there but then she turns over to the other person that was on the ground at some point in time which was the blonde girl and she begins to peel off face after face after face after face. Oh, Do you yeah, remember? I, no, I, I'd totally forgotten that. Okay. So, and then she eventually gets to her own face. So my question here is, if Arya still has her own face on her own body, mm-hmm. obviously this kind of magic, it wasn't really You don't have fully, to kill somebody. Yeah. It wasn't really fully developed as, as like how this works. Yeah. But they would have to spend, I'm sure really important airtime to explain yeah, this to someone. Sometimes you know what I mean? Sometimes with something this intricate, you just, you have to be open to going because reasons every once in a while. And here's why we go, okay, because the fray scene where she kills all the frays, <laughs> totally worth it. <laughs> You're like, yep, that was worth it. What were some of the other moments? Uh, I mean, were they the same as we experienced who were watching it in like, like you know, Red Wedding? Well, I knew that um, one was coming. Yeah. Because I'd read about that one. I had gotten far enough in the books to know that was coming. Um, what I, about the mountain in the Viper? Like I knew that was, was coming too. Okay. Um, I think I had forgotten how. I knew he was going to die, but I forgot how. So when it, he may have been my single most favorite secondary character in the entire universe, the Viper. Yeah, he I was great. Loved him so much. That scene was devastating. Like when he dies, like he bested the mountain, and then he just had to keep taunting. Yeah. And ah, oh, that was just that was head crushing. That's what. Wow, Aaron. That was. <laughs> And just felt, I just felt smashed, you know? Yeah. That one, that one, um, I knew was coming too. 
Um, I really haven't had any like, oh man. Oh, I, I know I have actually. I because I remember like being Maybe like, Tommen oh man, taking yeah, a dive. Tommen. That was one like, uh oh, you know. Um, it was still where you just stepped up into the window and just did a trust fall without anybody to trust. What? Tommen? No, who jumped out of the window? Oh yeah, oh Tommen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about um, uh, John Snow's brother, who just who was killed by the Ramsey Bolton right before the Battle oh, of the Bastards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't know that was going to happen either. Which, how about that scene? The that battle was incredible. There are some shots to this that are just absolutely better than most movies. Yeah, they're really, really yeah. good. And I, have you noticed like the directors are always changing? Like at the epi- episodes go through, there's mm-hmm. just different directors that are kind of cycled through. And, yeah. I think that's interesting too. There's actually one, there was one episode, I don't remember who directed it, I don't remember the episode, but it was like shaky cam, a lot of shaky cam, where mm. normally it was like still shot. So like uh, Cersei walking through or talking to somebody in the castle and it would usually just be like a still and it was kind of like shaking and I'm like, somebody, somebody say no. Don't do that. Make it still. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there has been some moments. Um, uh, But like when wolves die, you yeah, know, like the, ho- when, the dire wolves. When when Hodor escapes, or or the whole escape scene for Bran and everything, you know, just knowing that it, one of their dire wolves is going down is kind of that, that's well, always a bummer. I remember you telling me when we were talking about the first season mm-hmm. that the dire wolves were really important. Like the, the, you seem to think the dire wolves were the key to a lot of things, and they just haven't been in the TV show that much. And I think it's, and I don't know why that is, but I think you're right. I think there was supposed to be something in the writing of how each of these direwolves were, uh, you know, connected to these Stark kids in mm-hmm. such a deep and powerful way. And they touch on it with Arya's wolf, who she finds just a couple episodes ago. But she leaves Nivia. I can't remember the name of the wolf. That's fine. I would never. She she leaves a wolf going, it's not really you. That was like the last liner. It's not you. That's what yeah. she says to the wolf, as far as I could tell, because I went, I watched it like three or four times. But I kept it reminding it. But I wonder if what she was saying is that she'd gone wild instead of being a part of her. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think I took what she said was that it wouldn't be like you to just obey me because we oh, see there's okay. an echo of that in the very first episode. This was one of those things. I rewatched the first episode with you when you started this mm-hmm. journey. And uh, I I was blown away by how many direct echoes are in there. There's this scene where they first get the dire wolves. um, and it must have been a little bit after that I had grown. And she says, go fetch this. Go fetch this. And just looks at her. Like, doesn't do anything, she said. And somebody says something about, you know, that wolf won't ever listen to you or, you know, do anything. So, I mean, there's this. And that's so, again, parallel to her personality, which is just to do what, you know, her own thing, no matter what anybody tells her. So, you know. I would have to say, I think Arya's my favorite for so many reasons. But I yeah. think because her story takes takes us to so many different places. You know, we're going... We're seeing so many different other things. It's very tragic and mm-hmm. horrible and all that stuff, you know. But she, her, her journey is my favorite. It feels more adventurous yep. and um, Tyrion's. I love too. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. I think I think we can count on one. I mean, maybe a little more than one hand, but pretty much one hand. The people who are still alive that we love, you know, um, Arya. Uh, I wouldn't even put Sansa on that list. Like, I don't love her in that way. Like, she's, you know, she just seems like she's been damaged so much and she's dark now. And and I'm just not, you know, like, I'm not into her story as much. But I would go with, like, Arya, uh, Daenerys, Tyrion, Jon Snow, you know, and who else? Like, who else are we, like, genuinely rooting for at this point? The Hound. 
Yeah, you, I know. What an interesting story. He's I think a gnarly you're right. dude, but no, I like I him a lot. I think you're right, and I think that's intentional. No, I think you're right. I didn't think he died when she left him. I, I at first I was like, well, I, I guess that's a fitting way, but you know, there was no kind of follow up, and then I thought, I think he's still alive, and then you know, he, yeah, he is still alive. The live chat, by the way, really getting on me for not loving Sansa. No, I, I totally get it. I just, and she has her story arc is really interesting. I just don't have that same. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm weird on this. I just don't have that same connection with her story that I have with those other stories. And I think part of it is I still feel like Littlefinger is kind of puppeteering her a little bit. And I don't like that. And she's learning. She she knows she keeps she said multiple times. He knows. I know what he wants. Which, yeah, that's true. You know, is her um, the characters that are kind of new that I, I'm uh, the gray joy in charge. Now the uncle or whatever that came back and okay. kind of took over. You're on. You're on. Yeah. That fight scene where he takes over um, the ship yeah. was so good. Yeah. That was really cool. Like the whole chomping thing where he like he comes down and like the, the little device like chomps on the side. I've mm-hmm. never seen that before. So that was like, ooh, that's new. <laughs> um he he was he was someone that I was like, oh, this is just a cocky guy and he's sort of annoying, but then like you see him in battle and you're like, oh, there's a whole other side to him. Mm-hmm. They talk about how he, you know, could take over. So he's someone that will be interesting to see, you know, how he Meets his doom. Meets his doom. Because that's pretty much what Game of Thrones is. It's like, I wonder how this person's going to go. <laughs> I wonder how this person's going to go. Well, speaking of wondering things, unless you've got some, you know anywhere else you kind of want to land on you know, dissecting stuff, um, do you want to talk about where we are and where we think we're going? Sure. Like Now that you're all caught up and you're on the same page as everybody else and yeah. you've seen the dragons, uh, how unstoppable they are in battle. That was the other thing about this. We've, I've been waiting for a dragon battle ever since the dragons were born. And they've only done pieces here and there. They burned this... a ship, right? Yep. And they jumped well, in on the sl- uh, in like uh, Mirren or something. Uh, to oh, the slave pit. Yeah, in the slave pit. You know, when she mm-hmm. that was the first time she rode the the dragon. Yes, right? drove on. Right, so cool. Yeah, totally cool. But we've never seen. Oh, this is how you use a dragon in battle, mm-hmm. and to see that. Um, I mean, I did have questions about it. Like, I was confused as why they would send the Dothraki horde the same time as the dragon? Why not send the dragon ahead of, like, and just, like, send them in as a cleanup? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I I didn't know why, because there's nothing that's going to take that dragon down other than possibly that giant crossbow that they made, but even that, you know. Yeah, I was really worried we were going to be missing him. I'm like, don't shoot him in the head. <laughs> I think that's what I'm dreading more than anything is one of the dragons dying. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, I know. If not all of them. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if we end if if we end up with no living dragons, like yeah. you know, and just kind of go that you know place forward. Um, so that's one of your predictions about where we're going. Um, yeah, a dragonless world. I my predictions. Um, I have a few. Number one, uh, this is so in the vein of so many other worlds that have been told that one of the characters is writing the story. I think Sam is writing the story. I think this is Sam's story that he's telling. Like a hobbit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, just like just like Bilbo, you know, wrote, you know, uh, The Lord of the Rings. So I, you think this is all going to be narrated in his mind at the very end? Well, like, I don't like know. the book is going to close and yes. he's going to be the Citadel? I th- yeah, I think he's, old man. he will be putting nah, not- those chapters in the Citadel when we finish this thing up. I really feel like this is the Song of I- Fire and Ice, I think, is Sam's book. Hmm. Um, that's this one. That's a that's really one. interesting theory. I actually think that's. But I mean, I would it's, like it's that. not new. I would like that. Right. It feels right. Right. Yeah. What about you? Do you have any any predictions? Um, I have some others I could go to. But... Brand's gonna warg a dragon. I think 
I, I am curious I think to know he's what Bran can warg. Yeah, because he can warg people and dragons. Can so I'm he wondering, warg the dead? I think, can he warg I'm wondering. Like the... Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's a difference between the dead and these like um, ice kings. I'm going to call them like the 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 human, the most mm-hmm. human looking ones, yeah. because they're made by the children, the first children or right. whatever they're called. I can't remember what they're called, but the children of light, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. They were created. They have dragon glass that was put on. And I don't know if you remember, but it was they were one of them was strapped to one of those trees. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a dragon glass was shoved into his sternum. And then that's how the first one was made. And they were made to try to protect against men invading and killing off the children right so they're created as a weapon and then of course that obviously didn't go well so and then um john snow's uncle benjen mm-hmm. has dragon glass in him too but he didn't turn i guess fully crate like yeah that was one thing um, so that that george R. R. martin i guess always said was that benjen was never coming back and that's something the tv show did so if you're looking for an example of like contradictions to you know what Martin might do, um, that'd be one of them. Hmm. We you know one thing we didn't talk about that we should uh, is that Jon Snow the theory about Jon is Snow. a Targaryen. Um, That's a theory. That is that is That's a, theory. a theory. It's a pretty accepted theory by this point. Still unproven because because people I guess unproven theory. <laughs> do you not want it to be true? I don't like thinking about it yet. I want to be surprised. So the idea that Rhaegar when he took uh what, what's her Lore, Liana. Liana, the idea that John was birthed from that relationship uh, means that that Daenerys is his aunt, uh, Aunt Daenerys, and that he's you know her nephew, and that he is actually both Targaryen and Stark, uh, which you know would put him on the throne by almost any you know means. So he would go. He would oh, the go, uncontended king. Right. He would go from this idea of being a bastard and being somebody who has no rights to anything to having the absolute right to everything, which is an interesting story arc, I think. Yeah. I think that's where we're headed for sure. Except that he doesn't want it. That's, that's the thing. Where does his character change to where he wants this? Cause I don't see him on the throne reluctantly. I think he has to embrace it at some point. Yeah. But when does that happen? And how does that happen? We're if he's, if out. he's going to be the King, I'm Stay still not, tuned for I'm next still not sure episode. that is it the iron throne. The Iron the, Throne is what's the main throne in the the Red Keep? Mm-hmm. It's the Iron Throne. That's the one everybody's fighting for. I, I'm still not sure he ends up on the Iron Throne. I think it's just going to be destroyed. I think it'll start like a whole new system is going to start. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think I think we're headed towards completely redeveloping and redesigning how this world interacts, and then going from there. Because here's the thing: in this world, it's not. This is the Seven Kingdoms, but then there's also there's more going on around this continent and these worlds like how does all of this kind of come together and how does all that you know it's, mm. it's a pretty it's a pretty developed you know environment i wonder how it's all going to kind of so i said i i think that the winter is going to come i don't know how the wall is going to come down um we that's going to be spectacular we've learned that it you know has magical properties which is why it stands mm-hmm. which makes sense um as to how it got to be so gigantic in the first place so that's going to fall somehow. And then, you know, everything's going to kind of travel down. So I think Winterfell is going to fall pretty quick, meaning that anyone's there is probably dead. You know, so Sansa, unless she escapes. You think Sansa's going to lose her life to the Night King? She could. What if she becomes the queen? <laughs> I don't know the how queen of the this night. is going to happen. I have no idea. But um. But do we both agree Cersei's going to go first? 
like that Cersei's going to go in this season I think I think we're going to lose her this season I think next season's going to be a lot about the battle of the the main battle the main yeah the big fight do you think Maybe. it's possible that Cer- Cersei will be like I'm with you in this main fight and then double cross them no I think they I think they're just going to take her out yeah because she's, still, a, she's in a really bad spot I now. I still think Jamie's going to kill her. How would you think I, that Jamie's going to kill her? Because they he have loves been. Her. I know that. How many murders are by the person that loves them? Like, I mean, that is that is how passion works. It just flips. Like, I just, I really feel like that's the story. Have you seen the looks he's giving her every I time he sees like her going a little more crazy? Jamie is going to be okay with her dying, but I think. I think Arya's got to take her. He's the Kingslayer. Like, he is used to killing, like, mad rulers. Like, he doesn't like that. For as much as we don't like him because of his deplorable acts and the, you know, the way he, you know, sticks up for Cersei or whatever, he is. I like Jamie. But that's what I'm saying. He is, like, honorable in a very weird way, right? Like, he is somebody who is for honor and. In the world of Game of Thrones. (laughs) Yes. Where the moral code has shifted so interestingly. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's. I feel like he's misunderstood, and I I want his section of his book to be filled out. Do you remember that there's a book that has all the knights and it has like their good deeds, and his is mm. very limited, yes. if not. I really hope somebody fills in, you know, that he saved Brienne, you know, that he's actually done some things to. You know, and I still be think he has guy. another scene with Tyrion coming. Like there, I don't feel like their story's resolved yet either. Did you think he was going to die this last episode? Tyrion? No. Jamie. Jamie. No, I don't think Jamie can die until he resolves some storylines. I just don't I just don't see how it it fits for, you know, the most the best way to tell the story. But I mean, they can do whatever they want and we'll just deal with it. We are going to have to deal with so, it. It would be so it would be I would my I would be blown away if he was actually dead right now. That I there's no way that makes any sense to me. I agree in the chat about Jon Snow being a good king because he doesn't want power. I think I But think he has that's... to turn. You can't be like, oh man. Well, I, I think they're so. In this most recent episode, they go into the cave and they see kind of like mm-hmm. we used to exist side by side. Yeah. The I PowerPoint. Think, I think that's yeah. <laughs> I think that's something that he'll be going towards. Yeah. And why it, didn't she suspect that he just drew all that stuff while she wasn't looking? Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought about that too. Like, this have been here for a long, long <laughs> this time. Is ancient. I I carbon tested it and everything. And it's day. I mean, it's old. It's super, super old. <laughs> there are some very convenient things happening, you know, convenient for... Travel has been very convenient well, this season. Time time is a very interesting thing. Like, you know months and months and months have passed in certain scenes between, like, scene one and mm-hmm. like, when you yeah. see another character again. You, yeah. There's a lot of time has, has passed. Yeah. But they don't have that, like, running meter on the bottom right of the screen you know, yeah. six months later. Which is fine. I don't need that. No. You have to watch the actual start of the show, Aaron. Okay. And then it'll show you on the map. They're not that far. <laughs> it doesn't take long <laughs> like, to zoom around the map. The queen is not know. here right now. She's only been gone for about 10 minutes. She just hopped across the water and she's destroying oh, so man. much destruction. Um, any any other theories or things? Let me throw a character at you and you tell me what you think is going to happen to him. Okay. The hound. I don't know. Where's Where, his unresolved stuff? What do you mean his unresolved stuff? What Storyline. Yeah, I don't what's think his he story? Has, I don't think he's unresolved. I think he might kill the mountain. That's what I'm saying. The, him and the mountain, I mean, he may, they have a story together. He, he may take down the mountain. Or, Arya and him have a story together. I feel like I feel like she might save his life or something like that They when they see each other again. 
Um, and what is the mountain even? Is that a human? No. Well, technically, I think he's alive because of experiments. Wow. Very strange, yeah. strange experiments. Uh, Sir Jorah. Sir Jorah. That was okay. The transition between his skin being peeled off <laughs> and, the and the person eating the pie was so. <laughs> I've been visceral. eating a lot of pot pies lately. Oh, it was so visceral. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, that's a lot. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. It was almost Ooh. as good as the transition between the, the bedpans and. Oh, <laughs> that was so interesting. I love that they play with stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there's been some really fun, epic moments, like, uh, specifically this most recent season, you know, even the, the whole beginning of the episode leading up to the sept being blown up with the mm-hmm. music playing and everyone just getting ready, yeah. you know, preparing for the day. Yeah. That was incredible. It's just a really beautiful. It's very thoughtful and beautiful. Um, Sir Jorah, I don't, I don't know, man. He's got to go get back and fight with Khaleesi. I mean, he worships her. Like, I think Khaleesi may lose some advisors and he might be able to kind of come and, and help her like one more time or something, you know. Do you think we're going anywhere special with uh, the leader of the Unsullied and her handmaiden? Grey Worm? Like, yeah. Um, and Miss Indy? Something like that. Or is it just kind of a sweet love story that's in the kind of in the background? I think it's just a sweet love story. I think I don't it's think, a sweet love story, yeah. too. Yeah. It's, it's hard to tell, but... I think it's a sweet love story. Wildlings? How um, are they going to play a role in all this? Just as part of the... I really hope some of them survive. Um, because... Is it Torin? What's the what's the main wilding? The red, the red-haired yeah. wild he's beast fun. man? He he's, is so fun. And I yeah. love how he's looking at Brienne of Tarth. <laughs> that is so And good. how she's having none of it. She's like, this is not normal. <laughs> and he's just like, you've got yourself a real woman there. <laughs> like part of me wants them to run off together or something. <laughs> because... Let me ask you this. <laughs> Setting aside the possible relation, like um, being related of Jon Snow and Daenerys. Are mm-hmm. you shipping Jon Snow and Daenerys like I feel like everybody else is? Like want them to get together and be like king and, and queen together? And make beautiful children? Yeah, make beautiful babies. I think you want them to have some kind See, of. See, I don't at all. Like, like I haven't felt that at all. Some kind of a relationship together where they like have a love for each other, but I don't know. Well, that maybe it a goes... respect, like a friendship or something. Like I just haven't. Like I just maybe I'm just not a shipper. Like I just don't watch shows and go, oh, I want them to get together. Here's the thing: Martin doesn't write stories to come together with beautiful. Like right. think back to, um, oh goodness, what's his name? The Night of Flowers. Yes. Okay. And Sansa. At mm-hmm. the very beginning, you know, he comes and he he takes the mountain out. Remember the mountain jumps off of and de- beheads his horse? Yeah. Cause, which was horrible. Yeah. The animal deaths. I mean, it's just horrible. And the human deaths, Danae. I don't think about those. I know. Well. Because <laughs> I am a strange person. <laughs> you're, no, I think you're normal. It's weird how we're. It's so hard. I think it's it's the implied innocence of animals, right? It's Ugh. the It's the. Well, they're not the mean ones. Yeah, you know. that horse was just doing, doing his job, thing. man. But anyway, he gives a rose to Sansa, and for a minute, you're thinking, "Oh, they're going to get together because you know they're so beautiful together," and you like have this desire, and and everything is tragic around it. Mm-hmm. We're trying to build a new world, and so I think. Wait, I thought he was gay. Wasn't the king of the flower mm-hmm. prince? Yeah. Okay, but you still wanted them to get together because oh, okay. you didn't I just, know I that. Then. I don't think I just. I guess I don't think that way. You didn't. Well, we didn't know that about him. They gave some pretty. He's the king of flowers or whatever. I just assumed that was all. But or... High Garden is the rose. Well, that's true. 
<laughs> Am I being homophobic? I apologize. No. Okay, good. <laughs> so, um, so I don't know. It seems like an obvious match. And that's yeah. why I'm like, mm, skeptical. Obvious matches don't well, work out well in the world of Sansa, Martin. Sansa, how many? Like, I had totally forgotten that she was married to Tyrion for a hot second until, like, the scene recently where he's, like, unconsummated. And I was like, and John, oh, yeah, they were married. And Jon Snow's like, uh, <laughs> didn't want to know that. And he's like, just wanted to make sure you knew. You know, and then it's quickly interrupted by a dragon flying overhead. Um, Yeah, well, that's actually one of the reasons why Jon Snow felt comfortable going south was because Sansa said that he was always good to her. Yeah. So... And I did, I did, that was hard. It's hard to watch Sansa being used. This whole world of watching women being used as chess pieces Mm -hmm. is difficult to watch. Yeah. Like, I'm super glad that this is not real world, but at the same time, it's part of like medieval history in a way too. So it's interesting seeing women take power in a different way in a different world, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because these women aren't, uh, weak obviously they're very powerful women but the route to the way they use their power has to be so different it's so different yeah they have to be smart like cersei think about cersei you've got all these queens emerging you know mm-hmm. you've got cersei who's the first queen um of the seven kingdoms of westeros so she's the first one to like kind of be claimed as a queen and a leader and she has very cleverly gotten rid of anybody who would discount that you know it's just basically her in the hand making decisions and she hasn't really brought anybody else in of power that's interesting you've got daenerys you've got sansa now who is the queen of the north essentially you know Mm. so you've got these women that are being put into these really powerful roles and that is extremely significant but it's also because we've spent so much time with them and we know their pain and we know what they've gone through to get to where they're going it's not just i'm a powerful woman you can actually go back through and you you've seen it and you've experienced it like them being you know, raped or hit mm. or discounted or, you know, talked down to or called horrible names, you know, like all these things that they've gone through, they've still come out to be this powerful person that they are now. So in that way, it's interesting. You know, Cersei is the product of being raised to be a very powerful, no nonsense ruler and make decisions. And she's been traded around her whole life. And we saw her dad try to do it with her while marrying her off to the to the night of flowers you know mm-hmm. even though she is a mother of three still doesn't have a choice of her own so you're watching this really interesting kind of shift of power um i think the first time we really see kind of a more healthy version of that was uh ned and catlin with their relationship and you know the scene where she calls her bannerman to rest Tyrion. you know it was like super powerful and mm. you so I don't remember that. But, oh, yeah. that was an awesome scene. Do you remember that? I was so oh many my years gosh. ago. <laughs> it was just a few days ago, Aaron. It was powerful. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. I, in my opinion, I think Daenerys ends up on the Iron Throne. Um, I think she rules. I think she's going to get there. She has to conf- I feel like she has to confront the last remaining uh, craziness in her, which is starting to show this season. Like, she will be... Um, you know, loving and empathetic, and then we'll end a conversation with, but if you cross me, I will burn you alive. Like, there's still that element of, like, you know, madness. And I think that's a Targaryen thing, I think, you know, personality trait-wise, that I think she has to deal with. I mean, she does know how to speak the language of the Dothraki. You know, if like, their wildness and their craziness, you know, she mm-hmm. she's kind of like, she's grown up in that, too. Like, she came into her power 
around a group of people that literally live in this wild, insane world, you know? So I think she's learning how the, the entire time leading up to now has been her figuring out that she lacks some of what it takes to take Westeros because she doesn't know how to play that game. She only mm. knows this sort of like dominate game. Yeah. She doesn't take have, over. She doesn't have a social game very, no. very much. Yeah. So she's learning that now. I feel yeah. like, and that's why Tyrion is helpful, and then her counsel is really helpful to her too. Although we very quickly had all of that just fall apart, you know. We've got, um, oh, what's his name? Which one? Greyjoy, Theon. Theon. Mm-hmm. He's a super disappointment, but you know he's doing his thing, and but he's always he's always been. Yeah, that... but it's disappointing. Yeah, he's one yeah. like okay. So you got the Hound, right? This this grody. But don't you? like crass guy and then you've got theon and they're both kind of bad guys that you're you're kind of wanting to root for now i'm actually rooting for hound but theon i'm like man i, I want to root for you dude but you just jump ship exactly. on your sister well and theon is the quintessential version of the character that you're so disappointed in the whole series and then at the very end will sacrifice his life in like one brave he moment did take like care that of is sansa that is like one he did take care of Sansa, you know which i'm thankful for yeah I'm guessing that the scene where they escape Winterfell, um, they escape Ramsey mm-hmm. when they jump off of the really high wall and yeah. they don't die. I'm assuming it was because of the snow drifts, snow. right? Yeah. Okay, I just want to make yeah. sure. Sorry, that just popped yes. in my head. <laughs> it's all about the snow. snow. It's all about that snow. Um, so one one final thing before we move on. Uh, Song of Ice and Fire. Can we just say now that this is about Danny and John? Like Danny's the fire and John's the ice, like whatever that means. Like this is their no their song. To, I mean, it's obviously more than that, but I think at the we end of the day, say that for sure. Does it mean because this is the other <laughs> this is the other theory I've heard is Targaryen Stark is John. He's both like ice and fire in the same person. I always maybe think it's dragons versus the Ice King. Well, that's I mean that's the surface of the obvious, you know, fire oh, and thanks, ice. Aaron. But, no, 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 I'm just saying like superficial there's a metaphorical... over here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. No. Oh, one more thing. One more. One more prediction. Uh, I think <laughs> we're going to find out that the daggers, little fingers, and that he sent someone to kill Bran. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and another that's, mystery. That's whatever. That whatever's going on in his brain. I think he. Th- I think he's starting also to think Arya might be on to him. That Arya knows that. Like she has noticed some things about him. I feel like that, and she's going to confront him on being the one who tried to murder Bran. I think Bran already knows. Yeah. And I think he knows how it's all going to work out, so he's not worried about it. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Because he's seen kind of everything, so he's probably seen this part of yeah. his story. So when Littlefinger hands over the, not even realizing that he's talking to the Three-Eyed Raven, you know, yeah. Littlefinger's talking to him like he's a kid, you know. I do wonder how he's going to And he's go. the one that gives it to Arya. So, like... I think I think that Bran knows that Arya is going to take him out with the knife. That, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. No, I, you're right. I hadn't really just gone into who I thought sent the knife mm-hmm. to kill the son that started the war basically yeah. yeah basically the war of the five kings i think is what it was called man i just that's the other thing it's so intricate and, it it, is. and now that it's all coming together it feels smaller but i like that i like that it's getting yeah. smaller as we get to the end because we've only got three more episodes this season mm-hmm. and seven next season like we're 10 episodes away from the final resolution and also you have to think about who has the valerian steel that's important mm-hmm. so we've got jamie mm-hmm. and the dagger brienne and we've got Arya and sam mm-hmm. and john snow yep 
Those are the five we know of, right? Right. And then you've got all the dragon stone or all the dragon glass that they're mining mm-hmm. as well, which will hopefully help with some of the important things that are about to happen. Oh, who's going to ride the dragons? The other two dragons. Um. See if John's is Targaryen. Tyrion. I think Tyrion too. I think they set that up with some of the, with him talking to the he, dragons. Do you remember when he set them free? Yeah. And he was walking out. Do you remember what he said to no uh, Varys? No. He said, "If I ever have another idea like that again, talk me out of it." That was <laughs> like he's like that was stupid. That was one of the coolest moments, um, him going and releasing, you know, talking to them. Because he was saying it was what he asked his mm-hmm. dad for. And he's just kind of talking. And the oh, yeah. He's definitely going to ride one of them. Yeah, and I think Snow will one. ride the other one. Yeah. And I think it'll be in his blood. Like, I, th- I think he's Targaryen. I really do. You think he can't be burned? That's a great question. I don't know. And the other thing is, who's going to tell him? Like, is Bran going to tell him? And what about all these... Um, uh, fire worshipers like what's that what's gonna happen there and are there seven gods or the god of the fire or whatever yeah because there's all these religions no and i think the world sets up a world where all the religions are true yeah i I don't think it's trying to say one the godwood yeah okay so then you got those and and like the godwood in the south all those trees have been cut down so they can't see that far so I wonder how that's going to play. Did you remember that part? Yeah. So all these trees, they all, they're all they all rooted together, which is why Bran can touch the trees and see mm-hmm. all these different things right. that have happened. That's why he's always hanging Godwoods. out by the, the tree yeah. there at Winterfell. Yeah, he's always tapping in and seeing things. In so. chat, it uh, said there's a theory, actually, that uh, Tyrion is also a Targaryen. Oh. So the three of them on dragons, if that theory is correct. I'm not sure how that theory works, but. Whoa. I love Tyrion. I am going to be bummed if he goes. Wait, did all of their moms die during childbirth? Tyrion killed his mom during childbirth, right? Mm-hmm. That's a plot well, point. Well, mother, Tyrion's mother died during childbirth. Just saying, I'm phrasing I don't it like that phrase. No, no, that's a, that's a bad And neither would Tyrion. <laughs> uh, Jon's mm-hmm. mom, Leona, died. Mm-hmm. What about Daenerys? I don't remember. I don't know. It's just an interesting that's a, connection. Ooh, that's interesting. It's an interesting connection. It must so. be horrible to be a Targaryen woman giving birth, <laughs> right. which means if... if if Danny and John get together and have a baby, that might be how she goes. Sorry, Daenerys. No babies for you. Just saying. Before we head on to uh, finish out this Game of Thrones themed episode, just a reminder, if you support this, you can do it at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Uh, for the month of August, every dollar that comes in is going to help fight human trafficking in Cambodia. Yeah, we've decided to do a give back month, and that is for August here at Studio DNA, meaning... In August, from here until the rest of our time in Westeros. (laughs) And beyond. (laughs) Um, We're giving back everything that comes into the studio. Since we're a listener-supported, fan-funded studio here, that means like right now I think we're a little over $300 right now. Close to $400, Really? Getting close to $400? So we started off at about $350, I believe. Started off at $250. $250? Yeah. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, so all that extra has been coming in this month, knowing that all of the monthly support is going right back out the door. And when we say fight human trafficking, what we're talking about is uh, one of our friends named Bren, who is actually in Phnom Penh and doing um, investigation on human trafficking. He is basically undercover. We're in a private Facebook group with him where we get to kind of see updates. It's tragic stuff. These are young boys, young girls and women who are being exploited in Cambodia because they're very poor, uh, just 
poor people. And so people fly to exploit these people. And Bren does what he can to stop it from happening. And so, he's investigating the pimps. He's investigating the Johns that you know fly in from uh, you know some of these Western countries like our own uh, because you know. They, the laws they can, are yeah. so are aren't as you know it's not as easily to prosecute. So yep. So this uh, funds, even though it doesn't seem like a lot, is actually going to help him quite a bit. We're hoping to raise three thousand dollars. So every little bit helps. If you've not given to our studio yet, and you would consider just doing it for one month, whatever works for you, yeah. it is super helpful. If you're already giving and you want to up your pledge just for one month, that's great. Uh, we could use a really big gift. Uh, so if there's something that you've been thinking about trying to give to this year, if you wouldn't mind considering Bren, what we'll do is we'll send it to him. And depending on how much we raise, if we get to $3,000, he can actually hire an assistant for an entire year to help him with these investigations. And that's what we're kind of hoping we can do. Yeah. So go to patreon.com slash studio DNA. Again, if you want to increase your pledge for this month and then decrease it next month, we totally get that. Uh, if you just want to give a one-time gift for this month, that would be awesome. But go to patreon.com slash studio DNA. And uh, thank you so much for considering that. We appreciate it. So in the chat, right before we start talking about Patreon support, yeah. it was confirmed that Danny's mom also died. See? So that's an interesting theory, Aaron. I'm telling you, they're all related. That's so oh. cool. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? It's, <gasps> it's interesting. Oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> Let's do SifQuest. This is where you throw... What is SifQuest? SifQuest is where uh, we get listeners from questions to solve a debate, to answer a longstanding question they've had, to okay. pick our brains on something. Okay. So they send us on a SiftQuest. Oh. And uh, and today, our SifQuest comes from Twitter, uh, where you can hit us up, at Aaron Dicer. And Blake says, do you think it's inherently sinful to watch Game of Thrones because of the nudity? Hashtag SiftQuest. No. There's been an article going around that he links to. No. All right. Moving on. Um, <laughs> there's been an article going around that he links to uh, that basically says, uh, you know, how do Christians watch Game of Thrones? Surprised that, you know, Christians can watch this, that kind of thing. Because but, of the nudity. Be, he Not specifically because of asked, the murders. Right. Exactly. He's specifically asking about the nudity. That's and, why I said no so quickly. And and the the article also emphasizes specifically the nudity, the sexuality, those kind of things, mm-hmm. which is something we've talked about before. Being interested with, and by the way, myself, Danae, both Christians, that's why this comes up. We talk about our faith, you know, on the podcast quite a bit um, uh, when it's appropriate. Uh, Even though I love the fact that so much of our audience doesn't have the same faith as us, uh, doesn't believe the same things that we do. I think that's amazing. And I just, I love that community that we can have these conversations. So we come from it, you know, to it from a Christian perspective. Um, but I do find it interesting as Christians that we focus so much on sex, you know, that we focus so much on the idea of a naked body or sexuality in in opposition to the ideas of, you know, darkness or, you know, demonic things or the ideas of violence, you know, like you talk about these destructive issues. So I think that is a, a point worthy of being made is why are, you know, why is this such a hang up for us? Why is it the thing that gets mentioned the most? Nudity? Yeah. I think people are shameful about it. Yeah. And I don't know if that's part of our uh, American culture more than it is. Like you go around the world and nudity is like no big deal. Yeah. That's skin. You know, it's right. We have somehow. Well, it's not, we it's have, not equated have, to sexuality yeah, as much. Right. We have somehow uh, over and there's lots of research and articles and there's lots of 
lots and lots and lots of sources out there that can kind of show how our society came to be the way that it is. Sure. And, and there are people who spe- you know specifically talk about Bible verses, you know, where you were supposed to be covered and, and things like that. But like, you know, go back to if you believe Adam and Eve are a, a very literal thing, they were nude until they realized that there was shame and then they got shameful. So mm-hmm. it's like they wanted to hide. They wanted to hide their who they were. And mm-hmm. so they covered up. So anyway, there's a lot going through my mind at once. But um, personally, I don't like that people sexualize bare skin. I don't. Mm. And I don't. I think that that's it's just a distraction from other uh, issues. You know, I I feel like as a Christian culture, temptation is what we're trying to avoid. And I feel like there is a big, huge divide between male and female being allowed to be in the same space together or alone together because of temptation. Right. And if there's skin showing, then the temptations go up. And I think that instead of talking about avoiding temptation, there should be conversations about what happens when a male is attracted to a female that is not their spouse or something that doesn't immediately mean that they have cheated or fallen, et cetera, et cetera. And this comes from me not having always been a Christian and having always had male friends. And then when I became a Christian, suddenly it's like, oh, you're not supposed to talk to anybody of the opposite sex or get in the same car as them. And I'm like, are you insane? (laughs) This is another human being. And yeah, guys think about women differently than maybe women think about men. But that doesn't mean that they're evil and or are immediately going to jump down my pants. There is a huge. I'm sorry. No, let me go. No, Go ahead. There is a huge, huge difference between somebody seeing something that they are tempted by and then immediately acting on it and if it god forbid there ever is a man that gets into a car with me and sees me and thinks oh i'm attracted to her and puts his hands on my pants he will lose his hand (laughs) there are things that happen in between point a and point b and what we're not doing is we're not talking about creating a mature environment in christian culture where men can talk to each other and not feel shamed by having thoughts about other females or other skin. And it's not just female skin it's skin in general Mm -hmm. i've known so many guys who think about shapes and they're like man that's really attractive an attractive shape does not suddenly mean that their entire relationship with god is in question right do you know what i'm saying there's so we're, we're just jumping to these conclusions about what people are experiencing well, and i really it's always angered me thank you for asking this question because when you're watching a show like this i'm not watching the show thinking oh now i want to go do all these nefarious horrible things in life right it's i don't i actually forgot that there's nudity in it because i am not looking at it so shocked that it's there because I've seen naked people before and it doesn't freak me out. Right. And I've done that because I've grown up in an environment where naked people does not mean sin and shame and horrible things. It's just a human body. And, right. I, and it's, it, there's a difference so, there. And, and we're, let's separate it a little bit. I have something very specifically to say about what you said, but let's separate what happens in Game of Thrones if we're talking about the content in it between nudity and in sexuality, because there is also there are also very sexual moments in Game of Thrones where there are sex scenes and the the sensuality of it is part of the scene. Whereas some of the nudity, I think, for instance, of Cersei taking her walk, her shame walk, where she is completely naked and that's a vulnerable thing, and that's that's part of what the you know the sept is trying to do to her is to shame her by stripping her naked. That is not, I mean, that is not a sensual thing. That is just a human body showing vulnerability. And in this case, you know, 
being shamed, right? Like those are different things. But I think unfortunately what we've done, this is what you're talking about, is we, we equate desire, which is natural, normal, and certainly part of just being a human. We immediately equate desire with temptation and temptation with lust and lust with the actual act. In sin. In sin, right? Yeah. So those last two, I can see being more connected. The the lust, like, I will have this. I am going after this. This is something I want because I've seen it. Then you lose your hand if you're in the car with me. Don't touch me. <laughs> right. Well, then that's the action. <laughs> but those two are pretty directly connected. Lust and the action are pretty directly connected. But desire and temptation onto lust are three different things. Yeah. It's Do you like, understand what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Is like, that there's desire a lot- is just like, oh, that is a beautiful woman. Uh, I'm feeling desire towards her. I have natural urges that have, you know, even as you take it into, you know, sexuality, that's desire. That's not even the exact same as temptation. Temptation no. was where it starts to go to, oh, now I really kind of want to do something with her. Right. You know, that's temptation, right? And that te- temptation is not the same as lust where it's like, okay, I'm going to have her. Like those are different, you know, concepts and different things to, it's a path. But right? here's the thing is, is I don't, I don't remember this ever being a conversation in Sunday school. I'm not saying it should have been because you're very young in Sunday well, school. Maybe in the older Sunday school but, classes. But I do feel like that there should be, instead of just don't look, it's, hey, you're going to look. And when you look, yes. here are your feelings you might have. Right. And let's talk about what that means. Because this, the scary thing is, is that when I left the, when I left the church very young, I felt that I thought that I was already a lost cause because there weren't those conversations about the complexity of, not I'm not talking about nudity and sexuality necessarily. I'm talking about anything. It's just morality. It, morality in general. It's like, yeah. oh, you've messed up. Now that means you're going to hell. And and there's no conversation about the different complex layers of humankind. So here's here's what I'm saying. A show like Game of Thrones is not going to be for everyone. Absolutely. In fact, I wouldn't recommend it for most people that I know because there's so much in it that I think that that can distract them from what's really going on in the story. Like, I don't know that people can watch some of the sexual acts that are happening because it's just so, you know, immoral for them or that they might forget that there's something beautiful happening because they're really uncomfortable. You know, I just I would not recommend it for those reasons unless you've really thought through these things and you can watch it and think, oh, gosh, can you imagine being Grey Worm and Mm -hmm. having a moment where you're a lot, you know, you're nude in front of someone that you love and you've been maimed Mm -hmm. like that would be so hard. You know, I'm not thinking about what's happening in this moment between them that's sexual. I'm thinking about, gosh, that's such a beautiful part of their relationship. Yeah, and their now, story. I've been through a lot in my life, and maybe I'm able to get there differently. But Christian culture in general, I feel like we need to have more conversations about that. And Game of Thrones certainly brings up a lot of those conversations. It is such a mature content. In fact, I actually feel, Aaron, that it would do use a great service for a lot of the listeners for Sif Pop at the beginning of this show you mention, mm-hmm. so that young kids aren't necessarily listening to this without their parents' approval. Because right. this topic, this show, mm-hmm. is so deep and so complex. And now this conversation, in addition to that. So I don't think that it's a issue for nudity. I think it's an issue for um, the violence. I think it's an issue for the mature content as far as like how people use each other. Uh, there's rape scenes. It's just a very serious thing. And I think that it's going to take... A mature person to watch it and um, and process all of that. And I don't know that there is a lot of people in Christian culture that I am familiar with personally. I'm not talking about every Christian culture, but the the I don't know that there's a lot of conversations about what you're going to see in Game of Thrones that prepare you for what you're going to be thinking. And yeah. I feel like that would be my warning. 
Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think that's good advice. We'll throw a, you know, uh, we've done that with other episodes as well, where we've, we've gone into some conversations like this and we know because we don't swear because that's, you know, part of what, you know, on the network, we just, you know, we don't use that kind of language that a lot of times families do feel like, you know, these are quote unquote family friendly podcasts and they can be, but at the same time, you know, sometimes we want to talk, uh, we want to talk as adults to other adults. Well, we definitely have uh, people whose kids listen to Sif Pop because they love listening to the mm-hmm. show. And, you know, this is not a rec- uh, episode I'd recommend for a young person yeah, to listen to. Absolutely. Uh, something mentioned in the chat, which I think is appropriate to mention and uh, is one of the first arguments when, when this starts getting talked about is the Bible. Uh, you know, the Bible is full of sexuality and if the Bible were immorality, if the Bible were filmed, it would be full of nudity. You know what I mean? Like it's just in violence and in all those kind of things. Um, it's really looking at it like our culture that we're in right now is not under, is, does not have a healthy relationship with the human body. Well, or sex. It doesn't, we, you know, we don't as a culture have a a great relationship with sex where we can go, there's a difference between right now I'm breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And it is very interesting to be somebody who is out in public and having to expose that part of my body. Mm-hmm. There's tissue that is being seen by the public if they look that is not normally seen. Right. And it's very interesting the conversations that kind of come up in forums about how me doing this act can immediately be tied in with something that is immoral and sexual. It's and it's crazy. just like this is that's just this is a utilitarian thing. Like this is yeah. a, this is a tool on my body that I'm using right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I want I want our culture to shift and change. I don't know that Game of Thrones is the best start <laughs> for that change. <laughs> I feel like this is like an advanced, you know, like there might be some other things to watch or think about before watching Game of Thrones. But I definitely don't feel like my my Christianity is at is at question. Understand. Here. I think you have to understand yourself. You have to understand where you are on the path of morality, where you are on understanding your interaction with the world around you. Um, and I, I think, unfortunately, we always uh, revert to be careful little eyes what you see. And that's just not the whole story. But that's just not the whole story. Here's the thing, though. You, you do have to decide before watching a show like this if you want to watch a show like this. Right. Justin, my husband, was thinking about watching it. I know him. And I'm thinking. And I already talked I, about that my wife doesn't watch I it. I don't yeah. think you should because there's things that you can't unsee, right. you know? And I decided to watch it because I'd read it and I kind of knew, but it does change things when you're watching people's guts spill out and mm-hmm. their heads pop off or, right. you know, just all these different things. And and you do become desensitized to it after binge watching it for 10 days. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you know, you're like some of these um, big battle scenes and stuff where there's so much, so much death, death happening. Yeah. I just kind of like text somebody while it's going on or I open up Clash Royale or something, you know, so... I do my own level of buffering for what yeah. I want to watch and see, but you can't unsee things yeah. like, you know, for me it kind of can pop back into my head. It doesn't haunt me. Like I think maybe it would some people, especially young kids. I don't, I don't think that this is the I, other I thing I wanted to say for young This kids. is the other thing I wanted to say that I see in our culture that I think needs to change is I will have people say, well, why would it be not good for your kids, but it's okay for you? Because I'm an adult. Because I'm an adult, and because I have learned how to process you know, things. The same reason I can lift 50 pounds and my kid can only lift five or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, you grow, you mature, you, you know, whether that be physically or mentally or, or whatever. There like, is something beautiful about keeping yourself kind of pure of mind, if, if you want to say. And I have some Christian but, friends who, who are very pure of mind I, and we don't relate 
necessarily because I've seen and been through a lot and they Mm -hmm. haven't. They've been sheltered and they've lived a sheltered life on purpose. Like they're purposefully sheltering themselves. Mm -hmm. We live in a wonderful country where you can do that. If you want to do that, do that. And they have this beautiful outlook. It's kind of like having a friend that's like a little fairy or something, you know. I remember the first time that I dropped an F-bomb, you know, in front of one of them. And I felt so bad because I was like, (laughs) oh, no, I have just, you know, marred you for life. And she said, it's okay. I need to be around real people was her quote. You know, she needed to like she needs to be around people and learn what happens to her herself think the thing is like we're not supposed to like cause each other to, to stumble but i don't know what's going to cause someone to stumble i i'm not right. responsible for understanding all of that but i wouldn't just like go to church and then bring up in a, in a group like you guys should watch game of thrones because you're going to be having a lot of revelation about your personal walk with christ while watching it that's not going to happen necessarily you know there are some deep themes here that are beautiful i think there's great story stuff here but you have to go through so much to get to those and i think that there's so much distraction to get to that you, you, I'm glad you said that because one of my friends who, um, you know, is much, much more strict about what they will and won't watch, uh, than I am. Of course, with the job that I do, it becomes even a little more difficult for me, but says it's about the wait in line. He says, you know, like if you're in an amusement park and you're looking at a ride, right? And you're like, Oh, that ride looks like so much fun, but the line is four hours long. You're just like, ah, I just, it's just not worth it. And that's, that to him is hearing the foul language or yeah. seeing the violence. It's just, it's just not worth the wait in line. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that it's a really fun ride and I get that it's, you know, really exciting. I just don't want to wait in line that long. Yeah. And there's other media out there that can do the same thing for you, that delivers something for you that right. you really love that you don't have to necessarily wait in line for. So he says. Yeah. And that's where you have I to I thought make it was a good metaphor. I, and, I, I thought it was fine. And that's why some, you know, you have to allow people to watch what they want to watch. You know, if if I meet God someday and he wants to talk to me about how I watch Game of Thrones and I'm wrong, then I'll have a conversation with God about that. But mm-hmm. I'm not having like moral convictions like when I finish an episode where I'm thinking, oh, I need to be praying for forgiveness for seeing what I've seen. Or feeling like God is talk, you know, communicating to you as he does, which obviously is, you know, just a, a strange thing. You know, God moves in mysterious ways. But I have felt those things in my life where God will be like, no, I don't think that was right. You know, yeah, like, don't do that again. You right. know, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I'm not feeling that, you know, when I'm watching these things or. Now, I, will, I will say I don't normally enjoy watching violence like this. And I'm not saying and I don't actually enjoy it at all. I'm just in it because I want to see I want to see this come to a, an end. It's been it's been a lingering thing for me for a while. And I kind of I want to see what happens. And I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the parts of it that I enjoy. Right. I don't enjoy some of it. That's true. Um, but I would echo that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not it's not easy to to absorb. I guess the final thing I would say about it, and Blake, thanks for starting this conversation. I know we've had similar conversations before. I think it's, I think it's valuable both for Christians and non-Christians alike to hear this conversation because I yeah. think there's some curiosity even on, you know, people who don't have the same faith that we do. Like, you know, why, like, why is it like that? Why do you feel that way? So I think, I think it's a valuable conversation to be had. It is. And I hope I didn't go too far. No, I, you're I, get, fine. I just I, got really upset. <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. Well, because you took it, you took it into the very personal, real thing of your own life as a woman living in a Christian culture that doesn't understand. Like you have to protect yourself from right, from right. from anyone thinking thoughts, which means you can't have relationships right. and you can't. That it's not about media. what you actually do; it's what about what people think you might have done. It's, yeah, it's it's possible that all these things might happen if this, ha- you know, if you do this thing. So, so don't do it. This is why I want to finish here. This article, um, I don't understand Christian wa- Christians watching Game of Thrones. I feel like this is a completely counterproductive thing to spend our time on is judging what other people do or don't watch. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, like, it just seems... I think that you should change it to, I don't understand why people watch Game of Thrones. Exactly. Yeah. 
No, then it becomes great. Like, I totally agree. That's such a great point. Yeah. I don't understand why people watch NASCAR. (laughs) You're wasting valuable life, like, resources from our globe. (sighs) You're, like, literally tearing through all kinds of resources that could be used for other important things. And we're watching cars go around in a circle. That is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) But then you're taking it out of the I'm judging you realm, right? You're just saying, I don't understand you. I Which feel is like different. When, when we say Christians shouldn't do that, what we're really saying is, you know, my version of a Christian would never do this. And so you're not a Christian. Right. Exactly. And that's scary. And that's when you're going into judgment. And I, I, I there's very clear instruction in the Bible. Well, that's not why we're here. People we are not <laughs> here to judge each other. We're really not. Yeah. And if you start judging people, it gets real confusing real quick. So I get it. You don't have to understand why I watch Game of Thrones or, you know, why I wear a two piece bathing suit or. Right why I raise the child I wait, the way I do. Which or, if you know Danae, you know she never wears a bathing suit because she never goes swimming. Swim. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. You're, you're not going to understand it, but that doesn't mean that we still can't find ways to unite. And articles like that seems very dis- divisive. And I feel yeah. like if anything right now, we as a Christian culture should be finding our strength to really show our, our like how we are together. We shouldn't be finding all the reasons that we're different right now. I think we should be finding reasons that we are all the same. Thank you, Blake. Appreciate that Sif Quest. If you've got a Sif Quest, feel free to tweet at Aaron Dicer. Uh, you can hashtag it Sif Quest if you want. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be about deep moral yeah, theological sorry. conversations. Yeah, I hope I didn't make anybody super uncomfortable. Like, I, <laughs> listen, it, you know, I'm just, I'm just me. I hope it's not freaking you out. Yeah. No, I, I, I do. I, I love God. He changed my life. I've had some really incredible experiences. And yeah, if 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 I need to be doing something different. I'll check myself on that, but there's a lot of stuff that just got brought up, and I'm I'm now I'm like, um, <laughs> now you're like, I'm Aaron, sorry, can I edit that? It's, does uh, any of that need to go away? Like, did I just cause a big problem? All right, here's the, here's the other thing I want to say then before we move on. I think when you are speaking publicly, like we are doing right now, I think as just speakers and listeners alike, we need to give more grace in communication. We need to understand that we will say things that. Not only people disagree with, but they may misunderstand. Mm-hmm. You may misunderstand what we're saying, you know, or my if, heart, or or our hearts, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think is I think from what I've seen from the audience interaction on this show and others, there's a lot of grace space, and so Please I have I think grace space for me. I think that's I think that's fine, and that's that's what it's all about for me is being able to be open and honest with each other and have the grace to go. I'm not sure I understand what you just said or agree with it, but. That's cool. We're human beings figuring this thing out. So, and that could go as deep as there being a God at all. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's how beautiful having a community of people who believe differently talk about this kind of stuff is for me. Just like all the different gods in Game of Thrones, really. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's got to be right. Someone's got to be right, right? Right. Before we finish out, let's do some uh, buried treasure. I've got one that I want to mention today. If you've got one, you can throw it, uh, throw it in too. Um, I wanted to mention, I've been watching a, a show called Room 104. Uh, which is a new show on HBO. It's an anthology series where every episode is a different story, but it all takes place in this one hotel room. So it's like what is happening in that hotel if room. These in walls this have ep- eyes. Kind yes, of thing. Ex- that's a great way to say it. And it's done by the Duplass brothers, who do some really creative and interesting things, uh, tell stories in creative ways. And I've only seen two episodes, but 
man, does it scratch that Twilight Zone, uh, Black Mirror kind Ugh. of itch, you know? I know you really like Black Mirror. You wanted oh, me to yeah. watch that. Yeah. So I, I, it's another one of those where it's, it's right up my alley. So, um, so I thought I'd mention Room 104. Did you have anything you wanted to mention? Today? Not really. Okay. I mean, I play Clash Royale and it's fun. So. Uh, <laughs> I have. I am the leader of my clan now. Did you know that nice. I'm the leader of my clan now? Nice leader of the clan. Da, 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 da. Yeah, vroom, that's, vroom, that's me. So I have a really good going? team, and they're super excited about my leadership. <laughs> and I track stats, and I make sure that people are doing. We we pop the clan chest like usually on day one, which is super impressive. Nice. I have no idea what that means, but well okay. done. It's well okay. done, clan mm-hmm. leader. Thank you. Thank you. If you're interested in joining my clan, let me know. You can tweet me at Danae Says. And I boot inactive people. because Just no. So, first of all, if you join and you're not active, I'll boot you. She will She will go all Cersei on you. But second, yeah, this is like my <laughs> Westeros. I'm just like taking people out. And then second, know that even though we're full most of the time, I will boot inactive people. So, I could potentially have an opening very good if you're a good if you're good what do people if they want to join your clan what do they have to do just tweet me at danae says danae says says. yeah and just know you're you're dealing with i don't want to say i'm cersei because i don't want to die i'm gonna say i'm uh, i'm i'm khaleesi yeah daenerys yeah she she does what needs to be done that's right there was that scene where she like she put some people's heads on stakes right like there was that that one moment yeah she crucified a whole bunch of people yeah she chopped someone's head off. Yep. Well, not her, but her people did. There you go. She watched her brother get a golden crown that killed him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that she can do. And I ask people about every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was it. Uh, we did it. We did it, Danae. We did a podcast. We did a not for children podcast. Yeah, super size Woo! podcast, which, you know, since there were no spoilers this week, I guess you kind of, you know. No spoilers. Bit... Our entire episode was a spoiler. <laughs> no, I meant, I meant like no spoiler episode. Like oh, usually like you. the main episode and the spoiler episode together about an hour and a half. So, you know, it all comes out all right, I suppose. Yeah, we did it. And thank you for having me back on the show. You're welcome. You're welcome back anytime, of course. Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. That's M-I-X-L-R.com slash Studio DNA. A huge thanks to Danae for coming by today. Thanks for having me. Uh, you can follow her at Twitter at Danae Says. Or Instagram, J Danae. And you'll see pictures of her her baby there. That's true. I have one of those now. Do you have to remind yourself of that? Yeah, like right now I just got a text from my mom. Where are you? It's been two hours. Your baby's crying. Oh, right. Yes, I'm supposed to be a mom. All right, we'll finish up quickly then. Much love and gratitude as well to our Patreon supporters who give monthly to make this show and on and others on the network possible. Support starts at $3 a month, comes with some pretty fun perks, and every dollar this month going to fight human trafficking in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Find out more info at patreon.com slash studio DNA. There are a lot of ways to connect with the podcast, SoundCloud, Twitter, iTunes, or email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than wearing a golden crown. Next week, actually, I'm not sure what we're doing next week, but make sure you're around. Maybe we'll do our TV awards. We've been talking about doing those, so we'll catch you next week for more Sif Pop.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.